أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد We continue uh, reading from uh, the book Guardians of the Prophetic Tradition uh, compiled by Sheikh Tamim uh, of Masjid al-Huda in, the, in, in Union City, California uh, and his muqaddima, the forward he wrote to uh, a number of uh, translation excerpts from some of the books of the Mashai and uh, he uh, thus far has been quoting some of the well-known and renowned uh, Mashaykh of the of the tariq uh, with regards to how much importance they put on the love of the Prophet وسلم, and the following of his sunnah. Now he uh, will bring a track, a track by uh, Mawlana Hakim al-Ummah, uh, Ashraf Ali Tanwi rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala, Shaykh al-Mashaykh, uh, a, a incredible figure in his own right, the uh, author of over a thousand books on all sorts of different subjects uh, with regards to the deen and one of the incredible critical thinkers uh, from amongst the uh, ulama of the old Sunni Usuli tradition, principled uh, tradition which uh, classically had uh, you know, achieved its mastery in bringing together the sciences of revelation uh, in a cogent, coherent uh, uh, system, which was, I don't want to say reconciled with rationality, because that would imply that there was some sort of problem there in the first place, but uh, uh, that was in harmony with, with rationality. Harmony means what? Not that we try to apply rationality on those matters of wahi and of revelation where they don't make sense to apply, but that we don't purposely go out of our way in order to find uh, interpretations of uh, revelation that are irrational and thereby, uh, you know, kind of like there's a meme uh, in three frames of one of a man with a, a broom uh, riding a bike and then the second frame is him sticking the broom through the spokes of his bike and then the third frame is him falling over, grabbing his knee and like cursing some third party that had nothing to do with him falling over. Um, so unlike that meme, you know, that a person sees and understands uh, the teachings of revelation as they were supposed to be seen and supposed to be understood. Uh, that they're meant to be understood by a people who use their brains and who are rational people. You know, etc. So, as a Tanwi Rahimullah Ta'ala, who, mashallah, seems to be a favorite target of ignoramuses that don't even bother reading his books uh, um, you know and uh, I, I find like this is a good like checklist for which people are just haters uh, but uh, that's neither here nor there you can evaluate what, I'll read the excerpt you can evaluate for yourself how much value you think what he has to say has um, he says that three uh, uh, three things are the right of the messenger of Allah وسلم, over us one is ita'a, the second is azama, and the third is mahabba. Ita'a means obedience, that if he commands something, it's his right that we obey him. 
Why? Muma Muhammadun Aba Ahadin Mirajalik Walaki Rasulullah Khatim and Nabiyina. That the Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is not the father of any of your men. Rather, he's the messenger of Allah and the seal of the prophets. Allah Ta'ala in the Quran says in so many places in so many different ways that obey Allah and obey his messenger. Why? Because the messenger brings the writ of uh, Allah Ta'ala himself. So to be obeyed is his uh, is, is his right over us. But it's not his only right. The second is عظمة, that you make ta'zim of the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That you re- revere him لِتُعَزِّرُوهُ وَلِتُوَقِّرُوهُ وَلِتُو uh, 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 that you should uh, take him seriously, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That you should magnify him. You should take him seriously to That you should treat him and treat his affair with the gravity that it deserves. Uh, that you should you should take him as as being important. You shouldn't joke and jest about him. You shouldn't joke and jest about his, uh, you know, his affair, about his bi'atha mubarakah, his being sent, his being raised amongst us, about his nubuwa, his prophethood, his speech. It's not the, the, the point of a joke. And it's really interesting. We live in a time and place where people make you know, uh, uh, all sorts of uh, different claims about, oh, well, you know, we're liberal and enlightened people and we have freedom of speech and, you know, people can't take a joke because, you know, because how weak their ideas are, etc., etc. And it's all a bunch of baloney. You just, you know, you just wait and see which things is it that they don't tolerate joking about. And you'll see that everyone has something sacred. And, uh, uh, you know, so like France is a, a, like a comical example of it. With their whole the whole Charlie Hebdo thing that they would you know uh, try to uh, try to mock the Prophet sallallahu ridicule the Prophet sallallahu and look at them how delicate and feeble their republic is that uh, uh, you know even a hijab a piece of cloth on a woman's head much less the niqab in front of her face uh, it's such a threat to them and then comically uh, if a woman covers her face with the face mask for Corona that's not a threat. Um, at all, and it's not an impediment to uh, communication, which is uh, undermines French culture or whatever at all. It's just when a woman does it for uh, the sake of Allah Taala that all of a sudden they all have a flip attack, heart attack, and actually pass legislation banning uh, women from wearing. It's just a piece of cloth on your head. Cloth on your head. It's just an innocuous thing. And like them, the Swiss, and like them, so many other. So many other uh, European governments and even, uh, you know, kind of acridly secularist governments in the Muslim world um, who claim to want to, you know, take up like an enlightened uh, and tolerant path. And then you see they're the most intolerant people in the world. But then again, no one said kufr has to make sense or is supposed to make sense. You know, try to make fun of and try to mock, uh, um, you know, all sorts of things. If a person, st- you know, stands up and mocks, you know, uh, homosexual people or, you know, says something racist. I mean, in some cases, you're not, you shouldn't even say those things. But there is a proscription, there's a prohibition from certain types of speech and certain types of mockery, um, sometimes for bad reasons, sometimes for good reason. What we're saying is that there's, there's a commandment to the prohibition of taking the Prophet ﷺ lightly. Uh, and it's for good reason. 
and because some certain things should be taken seriously and they shouldn't be the subject of mockery um, and everybody believes that just some people are honest about their belief in that and some people aren't so the second the second right the prophet has is what is that people should revere him and should uh, take him very seriously and should treat him as uh, uh, you know with the due reverence that is uh, that is his right sallallahu alayhi wasallam uh, and uh, the third is mahabba that the pe- the people should love him that the people should love him and these things are, these things are very different things well first we'll let uh, hazrat tanwi do the talking and then add some comments if if appropriate afterward hazrat tanwi says we generally see amongst muslims deficiency in fulfilling these rights some for example only consider obedience to him sallallahu alaihi wasallam to be necessary these people neither have a relationship of reverence nor a relationship of love with their messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam i say however without true reverence and love a person can never really fulfill the right of obedience only that person who has true love and true reverence in his heart will meticulously follow in the footsteps of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and this is a very deep point and this is one of the reasons that you'll see that when all the song is dance is done when the classroom is over when the phd's uh, and the uh, you know the the people who have paper credentials you know their classes are dismissed and it's time to look in their real lives the only people who will meticulously implement the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam are those who have a sufic connection with the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam not necessarily meaning that they have to be people of tariqah but oftentimes they are the people of tariqah and even if they aren't they approach the sunnah in the way that the old mashayikh of tariqah used to which is what because without without uh, reverence ta'zim and without mahabba love uh, nobody is going to follow the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in their private moments wallahu alam some people hazrat tanwi continues even though they may consider themselves obedient and firm adherents to the hadith will only be so in a few ikhtilafi masail in a few issues uh, which are considered contentious between the fuqaha which they chant about by day and night if you observe them in the rest of their actions and deeds in their sleeping their waking their sitting their standing their eating their drinking and other private and public affairs you will notice that they are not as adherent to the hadith as they claim they are and sadly such people are a dime a dozen nowadays uh, they will uh, dismiss entire classes of of uh, uh, ulama and entire branches of ilm because it doesn't fit with you know their like uh, incorrect understanding or limited understanding of a translation of you know some like small hadith collection or whatever that someone put together uh, not bothering even to read the rest of the the corpus of hadith and uh, they'll chant about it as if they're a big guardian of the sunnah and nothing about them looks Uh, or or seems uh, like anything that resembles the rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam night and day these people hazrat tanwi continues night and day these people are searching for the hadith to prove their stance regarding the lifting of the hands in prayer and saying amin out loud but does the thought ever occur to them to search for those hadiths that show how the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam conducted his social dealings how he dealt with people in which matters he was careful about and what his internal quality and characteristics were we have not seen these people as adherents of the sunna except in a few restricted issues that relate to their school of thought even in that it is adherence merely in name for the sake of sectarian bias and religious partisanship 
the reason for this basically boils down to the lack of love for the Messenger of Allah A true lover does not pick and choose what suits their desire when it comes to adherence, but adheres even in those things that go against their desires. And, uh, you know, this is something that's been seen as well. And it's interesting, Hazrat Tanri, he picks a, a couple of masail, him being a Hanafi, a pretty uh, 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 staunch Hanafi, he picks a couple of issues that are go against the Hanafi madhab, but it works the other way around too. There are some people who, uh, you know, who are just as fanatical about not raising the hands in the prayer, not saying Amin out loud. Um, and uh, it, those are the only things that are, matter to them. And uh, after that, you know, they don't look in any of these other uh, these other matters uh, about how the Prophet ﷺ con- conducted himself and they don't adhere to them. And uh, it's really interesting. Like I, I, I led uh, Salatul Eid one year in a masjid and I, I led it according to the Hanafi way, which is that the extra takbirat come after the recitation in the second rak'ah. And uh, apparently that didn't go over well with certain individuals. And they came after the Salat and yelled and screamed at me and said, look at this Shia, he's leading the Salat according to his Shia madhab, which was really weird because many people who are going to accuse me of being Shia will do so because I have my hands down. But I didn't have my hands down then, nor did I lead the Salat according to the Maliki school. But uh, this person, just all they could think of is like, that's what they could think of to say to me. So they said it. And, uh, you know, even though I have, I have very strong and staunch uh, 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 opinions and views with regards to, you know, Shia Sunni polemics. But I'm not a person who goes around and like makes a big fuss about it in public, especially amongst uh, you know that class of Muslims that are just you know struggling with their day to day iman. And uh, so they say, oh, look at you, you pray like a Shia, and you don't know how to pray, and you don't know how to this, that, and the other thing. And uh, I, you know. I said, I said, look, it's maybe not be what you're accustomed to, but, you know, the Rasul Sallallahu did this as well. No, no, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know how to pray. I said, well, if I showed you the hadith that shows that the Prophet Sallallahu prayed Salatul Eid like this one time, will you calm down? They're like, yeah, there's no hadith. I said, here, look, it's a hadith of Tirmidhi. And fawala bayna qira'atayn. He didn't understand what the expression meant because the expression is not readily apparent what the meaning is to a, a, a person who you know, isn't isn't acquainted with the uh, um, the parlance of that era and uh, uh, furthermore is not you know, a person who studied a whole lot so he didn't understand it and kept yammering I said, you didn't obviously didn't understand the hadith I said, just ask me, say, how, what does the hadith mean? I'll explain it to you and so I said, well, what does the hadith mean? I said, takbirat Qira'a, qira'a, takbirat. Fawala bayna al-qira'atayn. That's what it means that you do this, the extra takbirat after the second recitation. And still, you know, it's so many masail like that. So many masail like that. You show the person the, 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 the proof of the other madahib and they still, they just don't want to register in their head that this is something the Prophet ﷺ actually did. And uh, um, every madhab has people like this, including the Maliki madhab, including the Hanafi madhab, including Shafi, Hanbali, Salafi, Malafi, everything. They all they all have they all have people like this. That's not that's not cool, you know. I mean, it's fine to it's fine. It's actually part of our tradition. If there is some uh, you know uh, issue in which the Prophet ﷺ, there's more than one uh, practice transmitted from him to have an opinion about what the best course of action is there. Um, and to have one an opinion that matches up with one of the imams, that's fine. 
But you don't dismiss the other opinion and say that there's no basis to it, especially when someone brings you a proof from the ayah, from ayah of the Quran or from the hadith of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Malik rahimahullah ta'ala one time is well known that his madhab is to, to not pray any salat after salat al-asr until after the sun has set. So he entered into the masjid of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and was about to sit down and some kid just said to him, uh, you know, pray two rakahs before sitting down, and he prayed two rakahs, and uh, um, you know, uh, someone asked, you know, Abu Abdullah, why did you do that? It's well known that this is a it's makruh in your madhab. He said, I was just afraid to run afoul of the the chastisement of the ayah of the Quran. Have you have you not seen? Uh, 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 that one who prohibits uh, the slave when it's time to pray and uh, that's all and Allahu Alam I don't even know about the authenticity of this story although it's well known um, but uh, I don't know I, I'm not going to comment about the authenticity even if he didn't follow the practice at least the fact that some of the aslaf uh, you know uh, permitted it means that you know you can't just go into hardcore against it uh, out of respect for who out of respect for the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam whose hadith narrates you know something that that, that might be uh, according according to that so uh, you know as a time we can you know he continues his night and day these people are searching for the hadith to prove their stance regarding the lifting of hands in prayer and saying amin out loud or quietly for that matter i add but does the thought ever occur to them to search for those hadiths that show how the Prophet ﷺ conducted his social dealings, how he dealt with people, in which matters he was careful, um, and what his internal qualities and characteristics were? We have not seen these people as adherents of the Sunnah except in a few restricted issues that relate to their school of thought. Even in that, it is adherence merely in name for the sake of sectarian bias and religious, religious partisanship. The reason for this basically boils down to the lack of love for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Muana Tamim adds in brackets: "A true lover does not pick and choose what suits their desires when it comes to adherence, but adheres even in those things that go against their own desires." Others consider only love of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to be necessary, and they hold on to a few things that they claim to be expressions of their love, but even these are mere claims of love. It is obvious that making a claim without providing proof is unacceptable. In their claim of love, there is no proof or evidence to back up their assertion. Hence, their assertions are false claims, mere lip service. If you ask them for proof of their love, they cite the Molid gatherings and the poetry and Nasheed recitals. And regarding these very customs, they do not even consider whether or not they are according to the prophetic practice or not. Would the Prophet ﷺ actually be pleased with these types of actions? In some cases, yes. In some cases, no. Uh, we have seen these so-called lovers of the Prophet ﷺ drinking, fornicating, involving themselves in usury uh, and other vices. And unfortunately, sadly, we've seen it, you know, in like dubious uh, social dealings, dubious family dealings, you know, fake marriages that don't, you know that don't uh, pass muster uh, legally according to any fixed standard that that I'm aware of, along with other vices. But they partake yearly in molids during Rabi'ul Awwal, and they regard themselves as lovers of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Have they not heard these words of the poet who said, "Ta'sir Rasoola wa anta tuzhiru hubbahu, hada la amri fil fi'ali badi'u." 
لو كان حبك صادقا لأطعته إن المحب لمن يحب مطيع You disobey the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam while you claim his love. This by my life is a strange phenomenon. If your claim of love for him were true, then you would obey him. Verily a true lover is obedient to his beloved. How strange uh, it is that they make claims of love for the Prophet وسلم, while they themselves drown in disobedience to him from head to toe. Tell me, is this how true uh, lovers are supposed to be? Is This is some strange love that the lover doesn't have the slightest care in the world to hurt his beloved. By Allah, if somebody were to treat these people's orders and demands in the same manner they uh, these so-called lovers treat the commands of the Prophet وسلم, then to read love poetry to them, they would definitely throw the love of their, uh, this love of theirs back upon their faces. It, extre- is, it is extremely unfortunate that they are pleased with their own conduct, uh, that it is far-seeming to them. Whereas they do not even realize uh, that this so-called love is worthy of being thrown back into their faces. It's fine, you know, go to the Mawlid if you, if you must. You know, go, go uh, to the Nasheed uh, 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 and poetry recitals. I might be there with you. Um, but afterward, if you're not going to implement the Sunnah in your life, you're not going to follow it, you're not going to practice it, you're not going to respect it, you're not going to love what the Prophet ﷺ loved and hate what the Prophet ﷺ hated, and you're not going to proclaim what the Prophet ﷺ proclaimed and denounce what he denounced. It just becomes a bunch of foolery afterward, and I've seen people like that. Uh, oftentimes some, such people are the number one bootlickers of, uh, of the tyrants that, that have destroyed the Muslim world uh, and have destroyed this country as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, they make sure to show their credentialing, um, you know, when it's uh, time for some yearly party or another. Just as lack of obedience and adherence is a sickness and problem, so is lack of reverence. So now we talk about the ta'zim. There are those who claim to be lovers but have no trace of reverence and respect for the Prophet ﷺ in their hearts. Whereas it is from the prerequisites of the love of a lover to have reverence for the beloved. What sort of... Love is it that which is devoid of reverence and respect. In this relation, we see some people who are devoid of reverence and claim to be lovers address the Prophet ﷺ in the most insolent language in their supposed love poems, attributing to him words like fitna or sitam, cruelty, uh, or even worse than that, uh, uh, even using the uh, uh, word with the root kaf, fa, and ra, in addressing him, may Allah protect us from such ignorance. How reckless these people are! And so he's talking about uh, some of the the kind of metaphors that are used in uh, Urdu and p- perhaps Persian poetry uh, of his age, but that use words that that may not mean in metaphor something bad, but in uh, in their literal meaning have bad have bad meanings and inappropriate meanings for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That it's contrary to the reverence for the Prophet ﷺ that the person should use such a bad metaphor to describe uh, the Prophet ﷺ, even if the intention is to describe him uh, as something good. And we should also be careful about that. I mean, we say, oh, so-and-so, oh, that's wicked, that's sick, you know, um, that's bad, you know, that's dope. Uh, these, you don't don't talk about the deen like that and definitely don't talk about the Messenger of Allah ﷺ like that. You know, you can talk about your... Talk about your like whatever your skateboarding and your, uh, you know I don't know. Your favorite soccer player that way or something like that. But you don't talk about the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that way. 
Some of these people praise the Prophet ﷺ in such a way that they are blasphemous and irreverent uh, to Allah Ta'ala Himself. Do they not think, how can the Prophet ﷺ become pleased with such a praise of him that leads to disrespecting Allah? Imagine if a person in front of the chief commissioner or boss praises a worker saying, Sir, whatever happens, it is all through you. It is nothing but you. You have all the authority. How would the worker feel if these words were to be uttered about him in the presence of the chief commissioner? Would he not bow his head down in shame that he's being extolled beyond his position and status in the presence of his superior? And so this is about, you know, and we hear, we, we've heard it also, that some people will praise the Prophet ﷺ and exalt him to a maqam higher than that of Allah Ta'ala, not necessarily by saying that you're a god unto Allah or that you're a god at all or that we worship you, but, uh, you know, to just f for no reason at all, you know, for no reason at all to uh, somehow use the Prophet ﷺ to displace the due reverence that should be shown to Allah Ta'ala. This in and of itself is uh, not only is it problematic because it's disrespectful to Allah Ta'ala, but it also is not showing reverence to the Messenger of Allah ﷺ in as much as his greatness is uh, connected to the greatness of the one who sent him. Uh, and so to somehow belittle Allah Ta'ala is really to belittle the Prophet Sallallahu himself. And uh, it's just, it's very unbecoming. Uh, and Alhamdulillah, mashallah, our, you know, our time and place we live in, this seems to not be one of the fitnas that we suffer from. But people will come across this if they travel to certain parts of the Muslim world. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to like super... Uh, like Wahhabi out and say everybody is bid'ah kufr and shirk. There are some people who really do do this. There are very few uh, and far between, um, but there are some people who really do do this, and it's it's just really uh, it's really unbecoming. And this is uh, so we, he continues. Hakim al Ashraf Ali Tanwi said. The thought occurred to me one day that we constantly mention and emphasize the adherence to the Sunnah. But is there actually such adherence to be found in our practical lives? Consequently, I did a detailed survey of my de daily schedule from morning until evening uh, for three days in a row. I wanted to observe how much adherence to the sunnah I actually had in my daily life and how much I was implementing and how much I was still deprived of. Uh, subsequently, after three days of analyzing my da daily routine, it was clear to me where I stood in regards to uh, ittiba' of following the sunnah of the Prophet Dr. Abdul Hay al-Arifi continues to say, Dr. Abdul Hay was the Shaykh of Mufti Taqi and Mufti Rafi. He was one of the Khulafa of Mulana Ashraf Ali Tanwi, one of the great spiritual uh, uh, luminary figures uh, uh, from the uh, latter part of uh, British colonization and the early part of uh, Pakistan after the partition. His Masjid and Khanqa is still there in North Nazimabad in, in Karachi. Uh, Dr. Abdul Hay al-Arifi continues to say, After this detailed observation, Hakim al-Ummah delivered a lecture titled Al-Ghalib uh, lit-Talib, uh, uh, in which he highlighted those actions and deeds which the Messenger of Allah وسلم, has commanded us to obey and follow, or those actions which his love and reverence demand us to fulfill. In his, uh, this lecture, Hakim al-Ummah ta'ala uh, stressed the importance of reading the 8th section from his book Hayat al-Muslimin which revolves around the beautiful example of the Messenger of Allah he also said I am absolutely certain that reading this book will be very beneficial inshallah 
uh, end quote. The reality of this matter, Sheikh Tamim continues and finishes, uh, is that without a doubt the success of this life and salvation in both worlds solely depends upon our adherence to the prophetic sunnah. Allah Ta'ala himself in his glorious book has informed us that he who adheres and follows the uh, sunnah of my beloved prophet will attain my love. What else uh, can a weak and feeble slave of Allah ask for? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us the sa'adah and the happiness of following the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah make us from amongst his most humble and, and most diligent followers. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the most uh, humble of those who give it its due gravity and reverence and awe. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst the most humble and the most uh, 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 bright uh, of lovers who love him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the one who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala adorned with the ornament of every good thing that he created and kept away from uh, the foulness of every evil thing that he created and he made him uh, like, a, like a north pole and like a qibla for the hearts and for the spirits that if any of them love what is good and love Allah ta'ala then he made him uh, someone that they could love, uh, such that the love of him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, is a vindication of the lover, uh, as well as uh, a, a, a part of the greatness of the beloved. It's a vindication of the lover, and any inability to love him is an inability to love good, and is a defect. May Allah subhanahu wa taala purge us uh, from such a defectiveness inside of our hearts and inside of our minds. Sallallahu taala ala rasulihi sayyidina Muhammad. وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته